The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Hey, TGIF. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, September 10th, 2021, Friday of the 23rd week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, this is Liturgical Year B, Cycle 1. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary. Our saint today is St. Finian. He lived in the 4th century. He was born in Strangford, Loch, Ulster in Ireland, a member of a royal family. He studied under Saints Coleman and Moki. He became a monk in Strathclyde and was ordained in Rome. He returned to Ulster and founded several monasteries, becoming abbot of Mobile in County Down, Ireland. He became embroiled with St. Columba, who was a student over a copy of St. Jerome's Psalter. St. Columba had to surrender that copy to Finian. He also founded Holywood and Dumfries in Scotland. Finian was known for miracles including moving a river. St. Finian died in 579. St. Finian, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Oh, my Lord and my God, I offer to you this day and forever my body, my soul, and my heart with all their works, powers, and affections in the spirit of contrition and atonement, in the spirit of adoration and thanksgiving in the spirit of faith, hope, and charity. I lay my past, my present, and my future at your feet, and I pray that I may accomplish your will during every moment of my mortal life and rejoice in your love for my whole eternity. Through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with whose prayers, labors, and sufferings I beseech you to unite and sanctify mine. Amen. And along with Pope Francis, we pray that we all will make courageous choices for a simple and environmentally sustainable lifestyle, rejoicing in our young people who are resolutely committed to this. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here is today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I strongly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my God and Angel, intercede for me. I go for my yearly eye exam, as I'm sure most of you do too, especially if you are advancing in years. And a lot of us have been wearing a pair of eyeglasses ever since we were young, and replacing them regularly as our eyesight undergoes changes. In my most recent visit to the ophthalmologist, he told me that the time has not come for me to get a surgery for cataracts. I've been suspecting that I had some sort of an underlying eye problem since even with a new pair of glasses, I could not see things clearly. There was always a sort of cloudiness in my vision. So this diagnosis confirmed that the cataracts have formed in my eyes, and that, yes, I am getting old. Jesus, I thought about this eye problem of mine 
in the light of your words in today's gospel. It's as if you're speaking to me directly. You said, can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into the pit? I'm not a blind person, but due to my eye problems, sometimes I do not see things clearly. Things appear to me a bit cloudy, blurry, or foggy. And in those moments, I mutter to myself, Oh, only if I can see things as clearly as possible. The perfect vision. Then I turn this into a prayer addressed to you, Jesus. Lord, as a priest, I have a great responsibility to lead many souls to heaven. Lord, I need to have that clear, pure, and lucid spiritual and moral vision in order to be a good guide, a good shepherd, and a good model for others. But Jesus, I'm not like that all the time. I do try, but sometimes I fail in my duties and responsibilities because I become momentarily spiritually blind in making the right judgments. And as soon as I realize this, I immediately ask you for your pardon by calling upon you. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, pardon me. Jesus, have mercy on me. What about you, my friend? Do you have perfect spiritual eyesight, that perfect vision of things? Do you always judge correctly, rightly, and fairly? Or do you sometimes fall into the pit of being too harsh or critical in judging your neighbor? That is what you, Jesus, is warning us against today. You said, Why do you notice splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? Think about that. Jesus compares a small, fragile splinter to a thick and solid wooden beam. Which one would you rather have if you had a choice? I think the answer is quite clear. But Francis said in a recent homily, so many times we all know it's easier or more convenient to discern and condemn the defects and sins of others without being able to see our own with just as much clarity. Lord, how often we become blind in this regard. We are so prone to judging others wrongly, critically, and even harshly, not so much because of the defects of others, but because I tend to look at things and judge things with a distorted vision. I might have cataracts and even worse eye problems, which cause undue distortion in my judgment. In other words, it's because I have a wooden beam in my own eyes that I mistake the small piece of splinter in my neighbor's eyes as a big, huge, and giant-sized beam. It's because we have a tendency to want to hide our own defects, even ourselves, succumbing so easily to the temptation of being indulgent with ourselves by being hard with others. Our Lord, I cry to you, the pleas of St. Paul in this regard. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. Yes, Jesus, please deliver me from this tendency to be at times too harsh with others and condemn others for their insignificant small defects and infractions. Lord, I know that this stems from my spiritual blindness arising from my own defects, and I have many of them, from my bad habit of giving to caprice and whims, from my lack of self-control regarding my thoughts, 
imaginations, feelings, and emotions. Another source of my spiritual blindness is envy and jealousy. A definition for envy is, you feel bad because somebody else has something that you do not have. And when something bad happens to this person, you rejoice. Cain killed Abel due to envy. Saul tried to kill young David because of envy. Joseph was sold as a slave into Egypt due to the envy of his brothers. Finally, one of the principal reasons for the condemnation, crucifixion, and death of Jesus was the envy of some. We have to also consider now, in your presence, Jesus, the pernicious and ubiquitous presence of impure and sensual images all around us. Without a doubt, one of the chief causes of modern spiritual blindness is a rapidly increasing viewing and addiction to pornography. One of the principal reasons is the ease of access to pornography. A half a decade ago, porn was available mostly through magazines. However, no matter where one turns, today he is literally bombarded with impure images. TV programs and commercials, cable, movies, magazines, newspaper advertisements, and most especially the easy access to Internet. The sources never end. It's like an avalanche that has started and in full force. There's barely anything in the world that militates more fiercely against growth in the spiritual life than giving in to impurity. St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, asserts that impurity causes spiritual blindness, leads even to hating God. Many will reject God, the Church, the reception of the sacraments, because they become addicts to one of the tentacles of the ugly octopus of impurity, especially internet porn. The book of Proverbs warns us against this. Without vision, the people perish. A stark reminder for all of us to keep clear and sincere supernatural vision in contact with the daily realities in which we are submerged. Lord, may you heal us and restore our sight. So Jesus, I need not only a yearly exam, but a daily one. Yes, daily to detect any kind of distortions in my vision which could have developed. It could be myopia, nearsightedness, which impedes me from seeing the road signs or the distant objects clearly. If I dare to drive a car without my glasses on in that condition, well, there comes the big crash. From a spiritual point of view, this could lead me to have a distorted understanding about my neighbor's actions not because they are bad, but because I did not read the signs well. Because of this, I could have completely misjudged my neighbor's actions. Perhaps I ended up seeing the wooden beam in my neighbor's eyes when in fact it was only a splinter at best. A bad eye left untreated, a blind guide can only lead to one thing, disaster. We can only teach others what we have been taught ourselves. And how can we help others overcome their faults if we are blinded by our own faults? A disciple is one who listens to the voice of the Master and overcomes its faults through the skillful help of the divine physician. So Jesus, I need a daily eye exam. 
That means a sincere examination of conscience. At the end of the day, I have a wonderful opportunity to put myself in the presence of all the all-seeing eyes of God and ask Him to give me an eye exam, a deep and penetrating examination of all that is in the depth of my soul. We start the examination of conscience by invoking the third person of the Blessed Trinity. Come, Holy Spirit, fill my heart and kindle in me the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, renew my life. Afterward, I spend several minutes, two or three, going over some of the salient points of my day from morning to the evening hours to see if I had acted properly in God's presence if I had tried to do all things for the love of God. That is the most fundamental reference point for my daily examination of conscience because it is you, Jesus, who reminds us of this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Then, when the exam is over, I hear you, Jesus, my eye doctor, tell me what was wrong in my vision, how I have been too critical of my neighbor, how I have overreacted to a given situation, how I despise my neighbor, think that I am far better than he, how, and so many things. Then, kneeling down, I strike my breast, and sincerely tell you, Jesus, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. At that moment, the merciful Jesus, with a smile, will send forth his loving breath of my soul to heal it, to purify it, to make it more pleasing to him. All this because I wanted Jesus for my daily eye exam, because I took the time to make my general examination of conscience at the end of the day. My mother, your entire life was totally transparent to God because your life was the most perfect reflection of God's love. You had the right to cry out in a great joy. Behold, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my God and Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 18 past the hour. We'll begin the liturgical day next. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app on Friday of the 23rd week in Ordinary Time. September 10th, 2021. I'm Paul Sadek. Time to pray with the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Reading. Lord, open my lips. And and my my mouth mouth will will proclaim proclaim your praise. praise. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving, and sing joyful songs to the Lord. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. 
He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him, the dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come then, let us bow down and worship, bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are his people, the flock he shepherds. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all of my works. Forty years I endured that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. I am worn out with crying, with longing for my God. I am worn out with crying, with longing for my God. Save me, O God, for the waters have risen to my neck. I have sunk into the mud of the deep, and there is no foothold. I have entered the waters of the deep, and the waves overwhelm me. I am wearied with all my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes are wasted away from looking for my God. More numerous than the hairs on my head are those who hate me without cause. Those who attack me with lies are too much for my strength. How can I restore what I have never stolen? Oh God, you know my sinful folly. My sins you can see. Let those who hope in you not be put to shame through me. Lord of hosts, let not those who seek you Be dismayed through me, God of Israel. It is for you that I suffer taunts, that shame covers my face, that I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my own mother's sons. I burn with zeal for your house, and taunts against you fall on me. When I afflict my soul with fasting, they make it a taunt against me. When I put on sackcloth in the morning, then they make me a byword, the gossip of men at the gates, the subject of drunkards' songs. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. I am worn out with crying, with with longing for my God. I needed food, and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst, and they gave me vinegar. 
I needed food, and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst, and they gave me vinegar. This is my prayer to you, my prayer for your favor. In your great love, answer me, O God, with your help that never fails. Rescue me from sinking in the mud. Save me from my foes. Save me from the waters of the deep, lest the waves overwhelm me. Do not let the deep engulf me, nor death close its mouth on me. Lord, answer, for your love is kind. In your compassion, turn towards me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer quickly, for I am in distress. Come close to my soul and redeem me, ransom me, pressed by my foes. You know how they taunt and deride me. My oppressors are all before you. Taunts have broken my heart. I have reached the end of my strength. I looked in vain for compassion for counselors. Not one could I find. For food, they gave me poison. In my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and, and will be forever. Amen. I needed food, and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst, and they gave me vinegar. Seek the Lord, and you will live. Seek the Lord, and you will live. As for me, in my poverty and pain, let your help, O God, lift me up. I will praise God's name with a song. I will glorify him with thanksgiving a gift pleasing God more than oxen, more than beasts prepared for sacrifice. The poor, when they see it, will be glad, and God-seeking hearts will revive. For the Lord listens to the needy and does not spurn his servants in their chains. Let the heavens and the earth give him praise, the sea and all its living creatures. For God will bring help to Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah, and men shall dwell there in possession. The sons of his servants shall inherit it. Those who love his name shall dwell there. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As, As it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. God, our Father, to show the way of salvation, you chose that the standard of the cross should go before us, and you fulfilled the ancient prophecies in Christ's Passover from death to life. Do not let us rouse your burning indignation by sin, but rather through the contemplation of his wounds. Make us burn with zeal for the honor of your church and with grateful love for you. Seek the Lord, and you will live. The Lord will teach us his ways, and we will follow in his footsteps. From the Book of Lamentations I am a man who knows affliction from the rod of his anger, one whom he has led and forced to walk in darkness, not in the light. Against me alone he brings back his hand again and again all the day. He has worn away my flesh and my skin. He has broken my bones. 
He has beset me round about with poverty and weariness. He has left me to dwell in the dark like those long dead. He has hemmed me in with no escape and weighed me down with chains. Even when I cry out for help, he stops my prayer. He has blocked my ways with fitted stones and turned my paths aside. A lurking bear he has been to me, a lion in ambush. He deranged my ways, set me astray, left me desolate. He bent his bow and set me up as the target for his arrow. He pierces my sides with shafts from his quiver. I have become a laughingstock for all nations. They their taunt all the long day. He has sated me with bitter food, made me drink my fill of wormwood. He has broken my teeth with gravel, pressed my face in the dust. My soul is deprived of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. I tell myself my future is lost. All that I hoped for from the Lord. The thought of my homeless poverty is wormwood and gall. Remembering it over and over leaves my soul downcast within me. But I will call this to mind as my reason to have hope. The favors of the Lord are not exhausted. His mercies are not spent. They are renewed each morning. So great is his faithfulness. My portion is the Lord, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Good is the Lord to one who waits for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good to hope in silence for the saving help of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke from his youth. Let him sit alone and in silence when it is laid upon him. Let him put his mouth to the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him offer his cheek to be struck. Let him be filled with disgrace. For the Lord's rejection does not last forever. Though he punishes, he takes pity in the abundance of his mercies. He has no joy in afflicting or grieving the sons of men. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. My enemies hated me for no reason. I said, I am lost. I called for help, O Lord, and you heard my prayer. You, you said, said, Do not be afraid. You took up my cause and redeemed my life. For the sake of the name of the Lord Jesus, I am ready not only for imprisonment, but even death. You said, you said Do not, not be afraid. afraid. You, you took up my cause and redeemed my life. A reading from a sermon by Blessed Isaac of Stella, Abbot. The prerogative of receiving the confession of sin 
and the power to forgive sin are two things that belong properly to God alone. We must confess our sins to Him and look to Him for forgiveness. Since only He has the power to forgive sins, it is to Him that we must make our confession. But when the Almighty, the Most High, wedded a bride who was weak and of low estate, He made that maidservant a queen. He took her from her place behind Him, at His feet, and enthroned her at His side. She had been born from His side, and therefore He betrothed her to Himself. And as all that belongs to the Father belongs also to the Son, because by nature they are one, so also the bridegroom gave all he had to the bride, and he shared in all that was hers. He made her one both with himself and with the Father. Praying for his bride, the Son said to the Father, I want them to be one with us, even as you and I are one. And so the bridegroom is one with the Father and one with the bride. Whatever he found in his bride, alien to her own nature, he took from her and nailed to his cross, where he bore her sins and destroyed them on the tree. He received from her and clothed himself in what was hers by nature, and gave her what belonged to him as God. He destroyed what was diabolical, took to himself what was human, and conferred on her what was divine, so that all that belonged to the bride was shared in by the bridegroom. And he who had done no wrong, and on whose lips was found no deceit, could say, Have pity on me, Lord, for I am weak. Thus sharing as he did in the bride's weakness, the bridegroom made his own her cries of distress, and gave his bride all that was his. Therefore she too has the prerogative of receiving the confession of sin, and the power to forgive sin, which is the reason for the command, Go, show yourself to the priest. The church is incapable of forgiving any sin without Christ, and Christ is unwilling to forgive any sin without the church. The church cannot forgive the sin of one who has not repented, who has not been touched by Christ. Christ will not forgive the sin of one who despises the church. What God has joined together, man must never separate. This is a great mystery, but I understand it as referring to Christ and the church. Do not destroy the whole Christ by separating head from body. For Christ is not complete without the church, nor is the church complete without Christ. The whole and complete Christ is head and body. This is why he said, No one has ever ascended into heaven except the Son of Man whose home is in heaven. He is the only man who can forgive sin. I pray for them that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. I have given them the glory you gave to me, that, that they, they may, may be one as we are one. As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world, that, that they, they may, may be one as we are one. God our Father, you redeem us and make us your children in Christ. Look upon us. Give us true freedom and bring us to the inheritance you promised. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 23 minutes before the hour, we've got today's gospel coming up in conversation with God and morning prayer on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday of the 23rd week in Ordinary Time, September 10th, 2021. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord coins a phrase that we've heard many times in the centuries following. The blind leading the blind. It's from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully taught, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, Let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye. You hypocrite! First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, All of the daily Mass readings are on the Relevant Radio app. Well, it's kind of comforting to know that no matter how far we might stray, and regardless of the stupid things that we might do, we are still God's children. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 4, Ordinary Time. When St. Paul writes to Timothy and confidently opens his heart, he recalls how our Lord trusted him and made him an apostle, despite his having been a blasphemer and persecutor of Christians. The grace of our Lord, he says, has abounded beyond measure in the faith and love that is in Christ Jesus. We also can acknowledge that God has poured forth his grace upon us in great measure. After creating us, God has wished freely to give us the greatest dignity, that of being his children and achieving the happiness proper to the members of his own family. Natural divine filiation belongs only to God the Son, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten, born of the Father, begotten, not created, consubstantial with the Father. But God, by means of a new creation, has wanted to make us his adopted children partakers of his only son's filiation. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God, and such we are. God wanted to give his grace to Christians so that they might share in the divine nature, says St. Peter in one of his epistles. In human generation, the life once received by the children no longer belongs to their parents, In contrast, by means of sanctifying grace, the life of God himself is given to men. Without destroying or distorting our human nature, we are admitted into the intimacy of the Blessed Trinity by way of filiation, which in God is given through the only begotten Son of the Father. Our whole life, our being, and all our activity is affected by the fact of our divine filiation. Multiple practical consequences spring from it. Prayer, for example, becomes the dialogue between a little child and his father, because beyond his necessary designation as the supreme being, creator, and almighty, we discover that God is truly our loving father, 
Our interior life is no longer a lonely fight against our defects or an exercise in perfecting oneself, but rather an abandonment into the strong arms of him whose children we now truly are. We conceive a lively and practical desire to please our Father, God, who loves us so much. All Christians can truthfully say, God has bestowed his grace upon me. He has brought us forth into a new life in Christ Jesus. By this life, we come to resemble Christ our brother, and as such we are sons and daughters of the Father. It is precisely the paraclete who teaches us this magnificent reality and who makes it real even without our notice. Through him we recognize Jesus as the Son of God. We recognize ourselves to be God's children, not strangers, and act accordingly. St. Thomas Aquinas summarizes our relationship with the Blessed Trinity in these brief words. Adoption, though common to the whole Trinity, is appropriated to the Father as its author, to the Son as its exemplar, to the Holy Spirit as imprinting on us the likeness of this exemplar. This reality imbues our life with a firmness and gives it a specific way in which to face its challenges. Draw strength from your divine filiation. God is a Father, your Father, full of warmth and infinite love. Call Him Father frequently and tell Him when you are alone that you love Him, that you feel proud and strong because you are His sons. God is the rest and strength we need. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Fourteen minutes before the hour, time to pray. We join the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born. A sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart. Then in the secret of my heart, teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God, but a steadfast spirit within me. 
Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, he who knew no sin was made sin for us, to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit and heal our troubled conscience, so that in joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. Truly we know our offenses, Lord, for we have sinned against you. Truly we know our offenses, Lord, for we have sinned against you. Let my eyes stream with tears day and night without rest, over the great destruction which overwhelms the virgin daughter of my people, over her incurable wound. If I walk out into the field, look, though slain by the sword. If I enter the city, look, those consumed by hunger. Even the prophet and the priest forage in a land they know not. Have you cast Judah off completely? Is Zion loathsome to you? Why have you struck us a blow that cannot be healed? We wait for peace to no avail, for a time of healing, but terror comes instead. We recognize, O Lord, our wickedness, the guilt of our fathers, that we have sinned against you. For your name's sake, spurn us not, disgrace us, not the throne of your glory. Remember your covenant with us, and break it not. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was was in in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Truly we know our offenses, Lord, for we have sinned against you.
The Lord is God. We are his people, the flock he shepherds. The Lord, the Lord is, God. is God. We, we are, are his, his people, people, the, the flock, flock he shepherds. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing for joy. Know that he, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Go within his gates giving thanks. Enter his courts with songs of praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Indeed, how good is the Lord, eternal his merciful love. He is faithful from age to age. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and will, will be, be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. With joy and gladness we cry out to you, Lord, and ask you, open our hearts to sing your praises and announce your goodness and truth. Let us pray. God, devoted to us as a father, you created us as a sign of your power and elected us your people to show your goodness. Accept the thanks your children offer that all men may enter your courts, praising you in song. The Lord is God. We are, we are his people, the flock he shepherds. A reading from the second letter to the Corinthians. I willingly boast of my weakness, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I am content with weakness, with mistreatment, with distress, with persecutions and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am powerless, it is then that I am strong. The Word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. At daybreak, be merciful to me. At, At daybreak, daybreak, be, be merciful, merciful to me. Make known to me the path I must walk. Be, be merciful to me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. At daybreak, be merciful to me. The Lord has come to his people and set them free. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight, all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, 
The dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord has come to his people and set them free. Raising our eyes to Christ, who was born and died and rose again for his people, let us cry out, Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. Blessed are you, Jesus, Redeemer of mankind. You did not hesitate to undergo your passion and death. To redeem us by your precious blood. Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. You promised that you would provide living water, the fountain of eternal life. Pour forth your Spirit upon all men. Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. You send disciples to preach the gospel to all nations. Help them to extend the victory of your cross. Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. You have given the sick and the suffering a share in your cross. Give them patience and strength. Save those you have redeemed by your blood, Lord. Let us make our prayers and praise complete by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, all-powerful, let your radiance dawn in our lives, that we may walk in the light of your law, with you as our leader. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. All kinds of chances to make the day and the weekend holy. Morning Air is coming up next. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the app. You go out now and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.